The homilies or sermons contained in these podcasts were delivered by Deacon Joe Dietz, a permanent deacon serving at St. Edward Catholic Church in Ashland, Ohio, a parish of the Diocese of Cleveland. Each homily is preceded by a reading of the Gospel of the Day. While these homilies are the same in content as those preached, they have been recreated to improve the sound quality of the podcast. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. The Spirit drove Jesus out into the desert, and he remained in the desert for forty days, tempted by Satan. He was among wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, it is really great to see all of you again. Quite a bit has happened since we last were together back in November. I just got my second COVID vaccination last week, so that's a step in the right direction. Instead of looking forward to Advent, here we are beginning Lent. We have a new president. Only the second Catholic president in our nation's history. I remember when the first Catholic president, John Kennedy, was elected way back in 1960. I was only four and a half years old, but I do remember it. You see, I was raised in a house that was split on that election. My mom and pop were both members of the same political party, not the party of the Catholic candidate. But mom was Catholic, my pop was Protestant. So when it came time to vote, my mother was not going to pass up the opportunity to vote for a Catholic for president. And so she did. Times were quite different then in terms of President Kennedy's approach to his Catholic faith. While he certainly never denied it, politically he had to downplay his Catholic identity because as the first ever Catholic president, he had to contend with a widespread suspicion among non-Catholics that as a Catholic, he would defer to the Church, the Pope, the Vatican regarding his political decisions. During his campaign, one political cartoon even portrayed a picture of his future cabinet as a room full of bishops and the Pope. This led then-candidate Kennedy to address this concern through a speech to a gathering of Southern Baptist clergy in Houston, in which he said on live television, and I quote, I am not the Catholic candidate for president. I am the Democratic Party's candidate for president, who happens also to be a Catholic. I do not speak for my church on public matters, and the church does not speak for me. Now, you may ask yourself why I am giving you a history lesson instead of a homily, but trust me, I am getting to a point related to the readings. The political climate has certainly changed, as contrary to President Kennedy's approach of minimizing his Catholic identity. President Biden emphasizes his Catholic faith and upbringing whenever possible. And therein lies the rub. Because while President Biden claims loudly his identity as a practicing Catholic, his political advocacy 
for conduct the church clearly considers seriously sinful is problematic. If President Biden were to downplay his Catholicism, then his strong support for abortion and other issues contrary to church teaching would be more confined to his personal conscience, an issue between him, his spiritual director, and God. But because he is the most powerful government authority and most widely media-covered person in the country, when he professes loudly, though incorrectly, through his words and actions, that it is possible to both actively advocate for policies clearly opposed by the Catholic Church and at the same time acceptably practice the Catholic faith. Well, to quote Archbishop Jose Gomez, President of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, it creates confusion among the faithful about what the Church actually teaches on these questions. End quote. And that is where today's readings and this civics lesson meet. It's not about political affiliation, Democrat, Republican, Independent. It's not about liberal, conservative, or moderate. It is about the necessity for authentic Catholic identity to be consistent with the teachings of the Catholic Church. In today's Gospel, Jesus proclaimed, Repent, and believe in the gospel. In order for us, you and I, and our Catholic brothers and sisters, to repent, we cannot be confused about what the church teaches about what is sin. Earlier in the letter of St. Peter, we read, Christ suffered for sins once, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might lead us to God. Jesus Christ, who has gone to heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers subject to him. No matter how powerful, no matter how much authority any one of us has, we are subject to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And while we pray for the enlightenment and conversion of any Catholic, famous or otherwise, who is simply wrong on these important issues, this homily is not about someone else. It is about us, the faithful, being faithful, not confused, as to what the Church teaches. God created us with the gift of a free will. While we are free to choose if we believe in God or not, if we wish to be members of the Catholic Church or not, once those decisions are made, we are not free to pick and choose what church teachings about sin we will and won't accept. God, in his infinite love and mercy, invites us into a relationship with himself, our creator, our master. But it is not the relationship of equals where we get to choose or negotiate the terms. It is a relationship between the creator and the created, the superior and the subordinate. We are created in God's image and likeness, but beyond that, any sense of equality with God is a man-made, devil-souled weakness that distorts our relationship with God and, if allowed to linger, 
makes it difficult to recognize our sin and thereby becomes an obstacle to our repentance. I don't know about you, but the last thing I need is a God that is in any way my equal. I live in a world surrounded by people like myself. Quite a few are better than me. Maybe even a few are worse. But as great and wonderful as many of them are, none of them have the power to forgive my sin. None of them are able to empower me to overcome my weaknesses, raise me to a new life, and save my soul. As we begin Lent, it is a great time to examine this area we have struggled with since Adam and Eve. The desire to be God rather than love and follow God. The temptation to decide for ourselves which of God's rules we will follow and which ones we won't. It's not just the big issues such as abortion, birth control, capital punishment, and immigration. It is also about those personal questions that are discussed not on national news shows, but in between our ears with our conscience. How much undocumented income do I have to report on my taxes? How much sex can a movie have before it's pornography? If I get back change for a $20 bill instead of the $10 bill with which I paid, is it stealing to keep the change? Do I have to tell the person buying my house about that mysterious smell in the basement if they don't ask? How can I justify sharing that juicy piece of gossip? Do I really have to forgive that person who hurt me in that way? And I'm sure we can think of at least a few others. Thank God the message of today's gospel isn't simply repent, but repent and believe the good news. And that good news is that our repented sin is forgiven. Our debt has been paid. Jesus died and rose so that we could live united with him and no longer separated from him. Let's pretend for a minute that we won a contest to have all our outstanding bills go away. We had three hours to gather up all of our bills, all of our debts, and take them to the courthouse, and they would all be canceled. It didn't matter if we had a million-dollar mortgage, a hundred-thousand-dollar student loan, or an overdue library fine. If we put it on the counter, it was going to be paid in full, and we could forget about it. What would we do? Well, I'm sure, like me, you would go home and look in every file drawer, look in every pocket, look at every place you could, pull up every online account, you would make sure that every dime you owed was in that pile of bills and debts that you took to the meeting. We wouldn't want to be confused about which bills were paid and which ones weren't because we wouldn't want to miss the chance to have every one of those debts wiped away. Wouldn't it be tragic in a situation like that to waste the opportunity and leave out a large overdue bill 
because someone with bad information told us we didn't have to pay it. Well, Lent is the time that we look forward to those three hours that took place on Good Friday. The time when Jesus paid the price for all our debts, for all of our sins. The only thing required of us is to recognize and acknowledge them, sincerely repent of them in word and sacrament, and they will be wiped away. The last thing we want, given this opportunity, is to be confused. For questions or comments on this homily, write to Deacon Joe 2017 at gmail.com.